0: You're listening to Coaching Skills for Leaders. This is episode 22, airing on January 23rd, 2012. Produced by Innovate Learning, maximizing human potential. Welcome to Coaching Skills for Leaders. This is the show for leaders who want to develop their coaching skills so they can help others achieve their maximum potential. Whether you're a seasoned leader or you're leading people for the first time, improving your coaching skills will drive your success and, most importantly, the success of others. This week's topic is creating your personal vision. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Coaching Skills for Leaders. My name is Dave Stehoviak and I am coming to you from our studio here in Orange County, California. And welcome back to our series on personal leadership this entire month of January. Each Monday, we're looking at a different aspect of personal leadership. And those of you who have been listening over the last several weeks know that this week we are indeed talking about vision and the importance of vision. So welcome back if you're continuing with the series. And hey, if you're joining us for the first time, welcome. So glad to have you as a listener to the show. And if you want to get an overview on this series, by all means, feel free to go back to episode number 19, where we kicked it off. And you can find episode 19 on iTunes by searching for Coaching Skills for Leaders, or you can find it at our website, which is InnovateLearning.com. And we are going to be talking about vision today. And I've just been tremendously blessed over the years to be associated with many people and organizations that have really seen the importance of vision. And I know that vision has driven my life and my career forward in substantial ways. And I'm so excited today to be able to talk just a little bit about the importance of vision. But I think even more importantly is how to do it. So many of us do recognize that vision is important but how do we actually take that first step forward and that's why i'm glad today to have a guest joining me for the show that I was able to interview earlier this week, and my guest is going to be Dr. Kerwin Rockefeller, and he's the author of the book Visualize Confidence, and he's going to be uh, jumping in here on the interview in just a little bit from earlier this week and walking us through some of the steps of how we can actually create our vision. So I'm going to jump in here in just a moment. Two things before I start and uh, jump into the interview is if you have feedback comments or questions about this interview or anything related to vision or, of course, anything related to coaching skills as you're listening, jot that down because you'll want to um, call in with feedback to our feedback hotline. That is 877-LEARN-45, or you can also email feedback to me directly, and that email address is feedback at innovatelearning.com. So again, that's feedback at innovatelearning.com. Now, the second thing I want to mention is Kerwin was so kind to uh, let me interview him over Skype from his home uh, in Newport Beach. And uh, one thing that did happen is we had a little bit of audio feedback in a couple of spots here in the interview, and that's my fault. A part of doing this whole podcasting show broadcasting thing is I'm still figuring out all the technology and the best ways to work with folks. So if you hear a little feedback during the interview, I apologize for that in advance. But as you'll see, I think that the content and what Kerwin is saying is going to far outweigh the, the distraction a little bit on the audio. So uh, so I apologize in advance, but I think you'll find that what he has to tell us is tremendously valuable. And so let's jump right in to my interview with Kerwin Rockefeller. I'm here today with Kerwin Rockefeller, and Kerwin is the author of Visualize Confidence. And uh, we just met a few days ago, actually. We had talked over the phone a few times, and uh, I was uh, just thrilled to be able to meet Kerwin because uh, he's... Not only uh, a big thinker and believer in coaching and using vision, but as we started to talk, he uh, just really uh, connected with me on a level that I knew that we were speaking the same language. And uh, it just so happened that, of course, this Monday, here we are talking about vision and the importance of vision in personal leadership. So, Kerwin, I'm so glad to have you here. Thank you so much for uh, joining me for Coaching Skills for Leaders
1: and dave thank you for having me how synchronistic that we met just a couple of days ago although yes for many months we've been communicating by email so i'm thrilled and honored and pleased to be here with you and all of the listeners today
0: well glad to to be here with you as well and thanks for taking time out of your schedule and kerwin's joining us from uh, his home here in orange county And uh, I thought I'd jump in, first of all, and, you know, what really had caught my attention initially about uh, our conversation was your book, Visualize Confidence. And I was wondering what prompted you to write this book?
1: Well, you know, um, uh, a couple of different things. Um, uh, I have worked with a number of people myself over the years, the past 20 years or so who are looking to make career transitions or looking for coaching advice. And so after working for so many years with hundreds and hundreds of people, I kept coming up to hearing the same question from people. Well, okay, how do I create a vision? And more importantly, what do I do with it after I have sort of a vision? So I wrote the book actually um, as a compilation of all the experiences for the past 20 years of working with people and then to spread the word. Uh, secondary to that, I think a lot of people have some misconceptions, misperceptions of what visioning is. And mm. so I really wanted to write the book to help clarify what, in fact, does this mean and how can you actually use it?
0: What are some of the common misconceptions that people do have about creating a vision?
1: Well, I think many times, you know, people think if I just create the vision and I just think think about it, then magically the Ferrari or the BMW is just going to magically pop up in my driveway. Yeah. And um, so it it goes to a sense of uh, a feeling of magical thinking. If I just think about it for an hour or 30 seconds or something like that, you know, where is it? Why did it show up? You know, I did the visioning. And so I think what many people um, have misperception about is that it's it's childish, or that it's uh, simplistic. And what it really is is childlike and simple, but we tend to have, uh, again, a feeling of, well, I did it. You know, why did not it show up? Therefore, they just sort of poo-poo the whole idea and say, oh, that's just a bunch of hocus-pocus. But there actually is very concrete research studies and skills about go to how to really uh, envision one's future and the vision create action steps for them people to step out. And in working with hundreds of people over so many years, I found out that if you don't have a vision and it's not your vision, you're probably going to end up someplace you don't want to be. Or you might end up with somebody else's vision of what they think you should be doing. So, again, understand the, the misperceptions, understand how to use this tool in a very proper way that really changes people's lives.
0: Mm. You know, you and I were talking this week uh, earlier about how people, unfortunately, do have this belief sometimes that uh, that as long as they can vision it, they can immediately create it in their lives. And you know, some of these... Some of the books that have come out in the recent past, I think back to The Secret a few years ago, a lot of people read that book and they said, Oh, if I, if I can just visualize it and think about it long enough, that it's going to happen. And, and it's interesting that people really do that part sometimes well, but they forget the next part, which is the action that needs to go it's behind like it. The action part. And
1: you know, um, I have a love hate relationship with The Secret. I think on one area, uh, I was really thrilled to see it put out into people's minds the fact that what I think. And what I feel can create my future. But um, my book came out very similar to the same time or or so. And people would read The Secret. And then they would read my book and say, oh, here's how I do it. Mm. Here's the background behind it. And you made a very important key point right now. It's about taking action. You just can't sit in your easy chair or lounging on your sofa and imagine the Ferrari or the BMW or the new job relationship and just expect it to find you. Using imagery and visualization propels you into uh, getting some insight into the essence of what is important for you. And then once you have that, then you take action steps. You step out and you take action towards your goal.
0: And Kerwin, you've been doing this for years, working with people on creating vision. What's the importance of people being able to visualize the future that they want.
1: Well, I, again, I think it goes back to something I alluded to just a minute ago. If you're not clear on your vision, you're going to end up someplace that you probably don't want to be. Mm. A vision is very important in creating clarity in your own mind's eye about what's important for you. And again, I've, I've worked with a number of people who have said, you know, I guess I followed my my father's vision or my mother's vision or school teachers or People who might have been, and I'm sure it will, well-meaning, but it wasn't your path. It was somebody else's path. And again, the analogy I like to use, is if, if you don't know where you're going, you're going to probably end up someplace you don't want to be.
0: Yeah, yeah. And it's interesting. I There are a lot of people that either don't really set a vision or they're really working off of someone else's vision and the goals that someone else has set are important. And I think both of us have seen that happen a lot, unfortunately, with the people we've worked with. Uh and, and I think part of the challenge, I would imagine, for you, for you, Kerwin, and working with people is a lot of times people just don't know where to start.
1: Well, that's true. You know, um, and they don't know where to start, and then they don't know how to follow up with that. And, but you know what's really amazing is that we all have a natural ability to envision the future. Uh, it's part of our human brain. It's how our brains work. Human beings are, for the most part, as far as I can tell, the only creatures on the planet, and as far as I know, one on the other planet. That can think into the future. Mm. Whenever we project ourselves into the future or plan, that can be something as simple as I want to plan a vacation, you know, or I want to plan or creating a new environment in my home. Hmm. Okay, I can kind of see the new drapes. I can see the new couch. I can see myself sitting on the beach. But then they don't know again how to take steps to actually go and do that.
0: Hmm. So what's the first step for someone who says, okay, I, I buy into this vision thing and I, I, I know that I should do it and I need to do it, but I don't know how to get started. What do you suggest to, is the first step to get started?
1: You know, the first step for me is begin with the end in mind. Where do you want to go? What is important to you? What What are your values? You know, so I simply ask people to say, all right, um, where do you want to go? What's your vision of your future? If you could do anything in the world, if you won the lottery, if, if everything else you know, were not an issue, what would it be? And someone might say, oh, I want a vacation. I want to live in Europe. I want to you know, go here or, or go do that. So begin with the end in mind. And when you start to use visualization and imagery, what you're then starting to set up is a mental rehearsal process in your own mind. here's a way that I like to explain this also. I love to watch the Olympics. A lot Mm. of people love to watch the Olympics.
0: Yeah, I do too.
1: On events, on television. But when the Olympics, uh, I just use that because it's so easy to see when the camera is on the athlete before they do their routine, whether it's a downhill skiing event, whether it's uh, gymnastics or anything. You will see them sort of off-camera. going through the motions in their own little world there, practicing the triple lots, or uh, clicking the gate real fast. Or even if you watch a golfer, a golfer will line up his, his shot. He'll step back, he'll look forward, he or she, and the basketball player will stand there for just a moment and imagine the ball going through the hoop. So this is the mental rehearsal it starts to set up all sorts of pathways in our mind and our body. Athletes will call this muscle memory, so that when you're rehearsing this, you're reinforcing the end in mind. You know, Olympic athletes will say, I imagine myself getting the perfect 10. I imagine hearing my national anthem. I imagine the roar of the crowd, the pop of the champagne bottle. So begin with the end in mind. Simply begin with the end in mind and to feel it with as much great intensity as emotional intensity as one chooses to do so.
0: Hmm. And what do you advise for people who are wanting to capture that vision somehow? They've maybe started to do some of the thinking around what they want and what they want to create. Uh, What's the best way to capture that Kerwin?
1: You know, there are actually a number of ways to capture that. We often talk about vision boards where you flip through a magazine and you pull out photographs or images that just strike you for whatever reason. Uh, you actually can then arrange them on a board that creates your personal vision statement. Of course, guided imagery is a tool that I use frequently with people to imagine in as great depth and intensity of what the outcome is they're seeking. And then we alluded to this a couple of seconds ago, then taking action. The skier goes down the hill. The gymnast gets on the floor. The golfer walks up to the ball and makes a putt. The basketball player throws the ball. So That's where the moving into action takes place.
0: And I noticed in your book that there's a number of different exercises that you take people through to help guide them along that process. And I was wondering if you could tell us maybe about two or three that you found have really worked successfully for uh, colleagues and clients you've worked with that have been helpful in really creating and capturing what that vision looks like?
1: You know, capturing the vision then and moving forward is, again, to feel it with as much intensity as you can. Now, I have a little bit of some... Uh, I want to explain a little bit between visualization and imagery. Sure. Now, visualization, and, and it's an important distinction... Um, not everybody can see a movie in their own heads. That's the visualization part of it. Not everybody can see that so clearly. So those who can't, I say, well, again, imagine in as much intensity the feelings, the smells, uh, how you feel about this. Uh, can you hear the champagne bottle popping? No. You know, the pat on the back. And so embodies the feeling and the emotion which goes to the essence of that which you see. I mean, a number of tools, again, working with clients or individually for guided imagery sessions. A vision board is very helpful. You know, for some people, there will simply be something as simple as, well, imagine yourself having the job, getting the new relationship. What does that feel like? And then here's, here's a key part, too, and it's kind of like number three. Uh, for, for my seven steps is create benchmarks and take the first step. No matter how small or seemingly insignificant, take one step. That feels deeply meaningful and right for you as you step out towards your goal there. And that's where the action comes into play. So, again, after you start taking action, just make it manageable and doable, large enough to matter, Small enough to manage, and those little baby steps then lead to another step and another step and another
0: step. And you uh, hit on something I've heard over the years about vision of the importance of having some real clear detail so it comes alive in your mind, and then of course, having you know some clear steps forward. What do you see as yeah. some of the the big obstacles that people hit when they either are starting to create their vision or maybe even trying to make that transition to uh, having that vision then become reality.
1: Right, and and this kind of goes to me uh, as I think about my top seven, seven steps to creating a vision in the new life. It kind of goes to um, uh, step number four, which is chart your progress. Chart your progress and the incremental steps that you are taking, and here's the key and the answer to the question number five, Be willing to make a course correction. Mm. Now, when obstacles come up, and they will, it's simply feedback. It's feedback for you to assess the moment and to see what is this obstacle, how do I get around it, over it, under it, through it, whatever. And I think here's the information, the key part of that has helped many people. Be willing to make a course correction. Be willing to say, "Ah, I have new information here, I've had a new experience and be willing to make a course correction. Now, the analogy I use with this is uh, when a space shuttle is shot up into space or when men and w- women fly in space or even in an airline when you're in a plane flying across country. What you don't realize is that there are constant course corrections going on, a little bit here, a little bit there. So be willing and, being, and, and not just saying and throwing your hands up and saying, well, I guess that's it. I hit all the roadblock or off." obstacle. So, Rethink it. Reframe your thinking, how that reframes might be your next step. So be willing to make a course correction. You're not failing. You're not a miserable failure there, but you're just willing. You're not quitting. You're just revising and making a course correction so you can get to a new route towards your goal. Well,
0: and that's a great analogy for people to consider, too, because when I think about an airplane, if... I imagine that if you are making those course corrections all along the way, that they're small course corrections. But if you don't make those course corrections all the, all the way along the way, you have to make a huge course correction later, and that's much harder to do. And I'm, I'm guessing the same thing's true with people's vision. If they're not making those small course corrections, eventually they're going to have a huge one they're going to have to make, and that becomes an even larger obstacle then.
1: You know, and exactly that. And so here's the key that, I, that I've all always found is that, you know, once you put up a vision in your own mind and start making steps towards that, It's okay to make a course correction. Again, the airline going from New York to to LA, we assume it's a straight shot. But the little course corrections all the time up, down, over, move here, flaps up, flaps down, the three degrees over this way eventually gets you to your goal.
0: Yeah.
1: People then interpret that well, here's my vision and it's ironclad and it's going to be a straight beeline to that. And life is not always linear. You know that's just not how the world, you know, revolves. So um, again, it's important to know you're not quitting. You're not a failure. You're just making a simple course correction to make sure that you're hitting your targets, your benchmarks, and you will get to your final goal.
0: Yeah, and it's uh, you know it's in, it's incredible how much if we if we do a little bit of that along the way, we can really you know take a vision that is going to help us to continue to progress forward versus. Be an obstacle for us and like you said Kerwin I, I find this all the time it's not if we're gonna hit the obstacles it's when <laughs> and well, inevitably yeah. they're gonna be there so what well, if yeah. what if people get stuck what what do you advise the people you've worked with if, if they've just hit a wall and said you know I just can't go forward or or you know I set that uh, New Year's resolution or whatever it was and and they hit that stopping point and they just they just want to give up what what gets people out of that funk
1: well, you know, and, and again, uh, and we have not talked about this before, but it actually goes to, thank you very much, you know, step number six and step number seven for me, uh, you will get stuck. There will be times when you feel like you're hitting a brick wall, and in those times, do something else. Take a break, chill out, go see a movie, take, take a nap, take a walk, you know, make sure that you're breathing. Um, It might mean that the vision just hasn't simply caught up with you. Or uh, I I kind of like to use the analogy also, like if you're looking for a new job, it's not that you've done anything wrong, but they're not ready for you to show up yet. They still have to paint the new office. Uh, So allow people to catch up with you. And in times like that, I say do something else. Uh, Clean up your environment, Uh, you know, go through, clean out old files, get rid of old clothes, Um, you know, have a garage sale, uh, get new sheets, get new socks, get get the car tuned up, you know, do your your laundry on a regular base because basically what I found is your life mirrors your life. So again, you're not a failure, you're not quitting. There is a natural ebb and flow. There's a natural ebb and flow of, of moving into this. And, you know, even in the darkest days of December, we know that there's a the promise of spring. It will change and it might just need a little bit of extra time for it for them to catch up with you. So it's okay to chill out. This is a, this can be tiring work for many people. And and yet I find it's interesting that, you know, for me, I'll take a nap. And when I take a nap, I sort of get out of my conscious mind and I'll let my subconscious, you know, start to talk to me as well or or do things that I enjoy that that renew me, that restock the pond, that That regenerate my own creativity, Um, and it helps me physically rest. And that when I come back to it, you know, I'm refreshed. I'm I'm ready to go again. Mm, And sure enough, when I see people work these seven steps here or so, um, it is amazing how synchronicity and serendipity starts to come into your lives, and things start to pop. Yeah. But again, the analogy, kind of going back to the analogy. It doesn't mean that something's wrong with you or you didn't do it right. They're just not ready for you yet.
0: You know, we've been talking about vision here a bunch, Kerwin, and, and of course, this being a show on coaching skills for leaders. I'm just curious, uh, you know, you've, you've had a very successful career, I know, in higher education. You've uh, written a book. Who's somebody that's been a great coach for you? And what did they do for you that was helpful?
1: I've worked with a number of coaches. I mean, I, I do think my parents, my parents gave me the leeway to go explore, uh, other coaches, um, that I've worked with along the way. It, you know, it all, often seems that when the student is ready, the teacher appears. Mm. When the teacher is ready, the students appear, but you know, to be open to uh, things and people coming in and out of your lives at the most appropriate time. You, you get to be what we psychologists call in flow, and it just seems to flow very well. Um, you know, and I think uh, actually it, it comes down to me. I've been able to crystallize it into, you know, what is a successful life? And I often like to quote Emerson, you know, the definition of a successful life is to laugh often and much, to win the respect of intelligent people and the affection of children, to know to know that one life has breathed easier because you have been in the world, that you have lived, that you have breathed. So I have many, many coaches around me as well, and it becomes a community of like-minded people who are helping each other and ourselves all together stay on track, stay motivated, uh, work together, and maybe take a break together. So. You know, uh, again, what I found is that the mentors that have come into my life have come in at the right time with the right message. So I tell people, I I encourage them to be open, to be open to new things, new people, synchronicities, and not necessarily and, and to not evaluate it immediately or step on it. It's kind of like watching something grow, a little seedling grow. When a little seedling starts to grow, our job is to nurture it. We want to make sure that it's got water, it's got sunlight, it's protected. Someone's not stomping on it. Um, And as we then find this this natural process of things start to grow and they bear fruit, it's being in the present moment.
0: Dr. Curran Rockefeller is the author of Visualize Confidence. And you can find his book on Amazon, and we'll also have a link on our website, too. Kerwin, thank you so much for joining us today.
1: My pleasure. It's been an absolute delight.
0: Likewise. One of the things that Kerwin mentioned and came up in our conversation several times is how to capture the vision and how to capture that effectively and we had talked about you know writing it down Uh, he mentioned getting it on a vision board my advice to you is get it down somewhere however you whatever is going to work for you to get your vision down but it's not enough just to think about what you want to have happen you have to be able to get that down somewhere where you can continually refer back to it because we all hit obstacles and so We need to be ready for those obstacles and we need to stay centered on our visions, whatever they may be. And next week, I'm going to be following up this show with the show on how to actually take your vision and put it into action. And so next week's topic is your 2012 action plan. So be sure to tune into that on January 30th, next Monday, and you'll want to uh, be sure to uh, connect with the show that day because I'm going to be walking through step by step how to take your vision and to detail out the action steps that come behind that. I'm going to be pointing you towards a tool that I use to do that. And even probably more importantly than that, is I'm going to actually walk you through some of my vision and my action steps for this year. So she has a real good example of how that works. And how you can be as effective as possible in putting action behind your vision this year. So be sure to tune in for that. And then, of course, starting in February, we're going to begin our series on engagement. So you don't want to miss that either. Now, this is the part of the show where we jump into listener feedback. And I mentioned on the top of the show here that there's uh, two ways to connect with us. Now, I I want to mention one thing uh, up front here before I jump into listener feedback is I was talking with uh, Sandrine, who had called in, or had uh, emailed a comment a couple weeks ago on a previous show uh, earlier this week, and we were just talking about coaching and some of the topics from the show. And she is down in Mexico and mentioned to me. She said, "You know, you actually can't call the states internationally to a toll free number." So here I thought I was doing everyone a favor by setting up a toll-free number, and I suppose that's helpful for those of us in the States. But uh, it turns out that most of you who are outside of the States, which is many people who listen to the show, you can't actually reach that number. So um, that number for people in the States is 877-LEARN-45. For those of you outside the States, I'm actually going to be uh, putting together probably another number and a way to reach our show. for So for those of you who do want to call in, an audio comment, or leave a message that you'd like me to share on the show, I am going to get that set up. So we'll figure out something in the next week or so here. Uh, In the meantime, you absolutely can keep emailing feedback to me at feedback at innovatelearning.com. And of course, you're welcome to record an audio comment if you have the ability to do that on your computer and attach it to that email and send it over to me as well too. So I do have two comments this week from listeners. And the first one is from... Urea out in Japan, and she had emailed me this week and she says, Dear Mr. Dave Stahoviak, hello, I'm a Japanese businesswoman who enjoys your show on the podcast. I haven't been a leader in my job yet, but I'm using coaching skills for bringing up our children too. Your show is so interesting and helpful that I'm listening to each episode many times. I have poor listening skills in English. Especially the episode about core values was really what I want to know. I tried one activity of imagining my perfect day, and I noticed for me that I love both my family and my work, and surprisingly, my perfect day wasn't a day off. I wrote this mail to let you know that there is a listener across the Pacific. I'm looking forward to listening to new episodes you broadcast. Thank you for reading my comment until the end. With regards, Uriah. Yuria, thank you so much for sending that email, and I am just tremendously honored not only to have you as a listener, but uh, just honored that you have listened to episodes a number of times to uh, get as much value as you could and practice your listening skills in English. What a, what a tremendous honor to have someone who's uh, listening to what you're saying multiple times. I, I really appreciate that, and I, I also really appreciate your note and your comment and how you highlight balance and when i talked about that perfect day back when we were discussing the uh, the things that we value in the values episode earlier this month uh, i didn't mention the balance between personal and professional but really truly uh, you know we do want to have that balance and uh, as much as we all love going on vacation and sitting on a beach and uh, taking it easy uh, you know for me at least you know, I, if my whole life was that, I'd get bored pretty quickly. And so I love having balance and different different ways to contribute to the world, and I'm so glad that your perfect day really looks at that balance and the importance of balancing family and professional work and all the other things that we do in our lives to add value to the world and to get personal fulfillment. And I also really liked how you brought up using coaching with your kids. And and you mentioned you had not been a leader in your job yet. I would challenge you on that. I bet you have been a leader. And you don't have to uh, you don't have to be a formal leader to use leadership skills. And one of the reasons this this show is titled Coaching Skills for Leaders is because leadership is very broad, and you can lead in many capacities. And certainly, people who manage. Others formally, which many of the listeners of the show do, use leadership skills. But also, just as importantly, if not, I would argue more importantly, we can use leadership skills to lead our children, to lead our families, to lead volunteer work, to lead our communities. And so you don't have to be a manager or a supervisor to use leadership skills. Leadership skills can be very broad. And so I'm uh, glad that you're already doing that, Uriah, and I hope that you continue to do that. And I'm honored to have you as a listener to the show. So thanks for, for writing in. And I have another comment here from Fazilla, who had uh, sent in a comment a couple weeks ago, and we had been talking over email and she had one additional comment. Uh, she says, uh, says here, just one more piece of feedback before I go. You know how leadership and coaching are theoretically driven in a sense, you Never see a great leader going about his or her day explaining their motives behind their actions or words. But most of us recognize what a great leader is, maybe through reading or listening to a podcast like yours. So if you could continue doing the excellent job you did by giving us a practical example to apply some of this knowledge, I think and it will be and already is amazing. Most people would think leading is normally from the top, but I like the idea of leading from below. Just my two pennies worth. Have a great week, Fazila. Hey, Fazila, thank you so much. And boy, that your comment goes right along with my comment to uh, Uriah of you don't have to be a manager or supervisor at the top to lead. You can lead anywhere, and the importance of us all giving our attention to practical application. And we're going to continue to do that as this show goes along. And in fact, that's one of the things that I'm going to be doing in a big way next week is to jump into giving as much practical application as I can show around how to set up our 2012 action plan so we're able to make our vision become reality. So all the show notes for this show today, and of course, the link to Kerwin's book are going to be on our website. This is episode number 22. You can find the show notes at innovatelearning.com. And by the way, uh, for those of you who've already connected with us on Facebook, thanks for jumping in and liking our page. You can find us on Facebook. Just search for Innovate Learning. We're posting articles and comments up there throughout the week. And hey, if you're organization is looking to improve the coaching skills of its leaders, or you want to improve your coaching skills, let us know. We might be able to help. And of course, you can reach me at 877-LEARN-45 or feedback at innovatelearning.com. Hey, have a great week, everyone. And I so look forward to talking with you next week to put all the pieces together and create our 2012 action plan. See you next week.